Good morning and welcome to the Morning Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Ham, coming to you as always from the Spotlight Studios in Morristown, New Jersey. But this is our final installment of our three-episode, three-week series from the PodMax Global event here on December 4th. Uh, today, our guest is a marketing marketing professional with over 10 years experience with a focus on fintech and investment management software. Big, big stuff. After working for a large multinational enterprise software and company, she came to fund that flip when there were fewer than 20 people on board. She's helped grow the company from originating $50 million to over $500 million in the past three years, doubling their customer base each year with an exponential revenue growth. She's also a new real estate investor herself. Uh, she's coming to us from Ohio, Kendall Bazan. Kendall, welcome. Thanks, Mike. Super excited to be here. Excited to have you on. So um, let's just, let's learn a little bit more about you. So you're from Ohio. Uh, you're on this show. I kind of gave you a little bit of background of like the types of people that we normally have on the show and the types of topics that we cover, but let's learn more about you because that's always fun and interesting to get to know the person. Yeah. So that's, that's great. I love that you mentioned, you know, before we got on the show, we were talking about kind of the demographic for the show. And I feel like I kind of fit right into the demographic. I'm a new real estate investor myself, and I'm in kind of that millennial uh, age range. Uh, I'm in my mid thirties at this point. So it's, in, it's insane to think about yeah. across the threshold of 30. Um, but yeah, so I, my background though is a little bit unusual. I don't have a background in business and I don't have a background in real estate. I kind of just stumbled into it because in a, in a previous life, I was actually pursuing a PhD in Russian studies of all things. Okay. So yeah, so kind of wild. Um, I spent some time in Russia and, you know, I had this idea that I was going to be a professor in my life. Um, that ended up not working out because, you know, there's not a lot of money there. Uh, there's not a lot of guarantee that even that there is going to be, you know, something like professorship in the future. It's really higher education is a very interesting field. So yeah. I, I kind of came to the realization and I was in my mid twenties at that point. I was like, wow, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to turn 30. I'm going to have a degree that's going to be useless and I'm not going to know what to do with it. <laughs> so <laughs> it was kind of wild. I call myself a recovering academic at this point, you know? Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah. So at 25, I was like, all right, I got to figure out something else. So packed up, moved away from my, my PhD program, which was at Northwestern in Chicago at the time, moved back home to Ohio. And I said, I, I got to figure something else out. So happened to stumble into marketing of all things. So I was a, I was a 25 year old intern at a technology firm and basically just learning, you know, what does EBITDA mean? What is finance? What is capital? Yeah. I had to learn this entire new language that I didn't understand. I went to, a, I went to college and we didn't have a business school. Like I, I didn't know any of this stuff. Right. So uh, it, it was kind of a wild ride and ended up you know, um, ended up, as you mentioned, working for a, a multinational global software company and got a lot of experience there and met a lot of really interesting people. But what I have been doing the past couple of years and I, I've absolutely loved is being in the startup space, particular um, online lending. So like I said, learned a little bit about real estate at my, at my past job, but, but here it's just kind of been a crash course every single day. Um, you know, and like, as you mentioned, we, we've grown exponentially the last couple of years, you know, doubling our customer base. And it's, as I said, it's just been a total wild ride and learning everything from A to Z about how a business is run. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting that you say that. So like 
almost a similar trajectory for me. I mean, I wasn't getting a PhD by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I mean, I have an MBA, which I, I don't really use a ton, but um, I, before <laughs> really? I started selling title insurance, I was a college baseball coach for five years. Once I graduated from, I went to school here in New Jersey at the right. college in New Jersey in Trenton um, and basically worked as a college baseball coach for five years. Um, and then eventually like similar to you, like kind of just fell ass backwards into the job that I have now, just because I needed a job, you know, right. and, uh, right. you know here I am. And it's like, it, I've been at my title insurance sales job for over three years now. And this year started the podcast and everything, but just interesting just to kind of hear like how everybody winds up, you know, where they are. So, mm-hmm. um, was there something that like <clears throat> attracted you to marketing? Was there a reason why you went into marketing? That's a great question. Um, I, the, I found out later why it's why I've stuck with marketing, but at the beginning, not really. I was I just I was looking through jobs and I was like, I got I got to get something. And yeah. some the the job that popped out to me was like d- digital marketing intern, and it was basically write some emails for this tech company. I was like, I can write. I kind of know how to write. Yeah. I got a computer. Um, I, what I've later come to realize is that and and why I've continued to be in marketing all this time and why I love it is because marketing is not, you know, not one part of it is advertising, right? You think about ad men, mad men, you know, that's one part of marketing. Another part of marketing is the brand, right? It's, 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 it's really good graphic design. Um, It's, it's, it's an amazing logo, you know, at the, at the breakout or at the lunch session, we just had the keynote speaker, Chris Doe from the future, right? Um, He was talking all about what, what is a brand? A brand is, is, uh, you know, an, an impression that you leave on people when you leave the room. All of these elements are part of marketing because it all rolls up to understanding who your audience is and who your core customer is, who are your stakeholders, and how do you best connect with them and communicate with them. So I didn't really know that as a marketer when I was first starting out in marketing, but knowing that now and how you know, things like brand and, and, and social media and advertising, these are all just tools that we use as marketers, um, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, we're all marketers. These are just the tools that we use so that we can connect with that audience and that customer that we want to connect with. Right. Right. So, so you go from, you know, FinTech and that, that type of stuff into like mm-hmm. fund that, fund that flip, which is, uh, you know, a real estate kind of focused, uh, business is it difficult to try to like figure like, you know, pivot and change the types of people that you're marketing to, or is that generally kind of like easy because you once you figure out who you're marketing to, then it kind of just works on itself. Mm. That's such a good question, Mike. I, I think there is always that initial ramp up period. So, you know, I came from a commercial real estate company and when I came to fund that flip, we're focused on the one to four family residential investor typically. Um, and so there was a, you know, there was a new language to learn. There was kind of, uh, there were, there was that ramp up period, the learning curve where I had to understand how these people are running their businesses. Cause it's different than, you know, um, a, a big property management fund or a big yeah. brokerage. It's, it's different. Right. Um, but a lot of the principles are ultimately the same, right? You know, we talk about people make a lot of decisions based on emotion. Um, and I think that's true. Even if you're the CFO of CBRE, or if you're, you know, one of our personas is, you know, part-time Pete, who's flipping, flipping houses on the weekend, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. I I think that the the principles around connecting with 
with your audience where they are. Um, if they're on social media or maybe they go to uh, real estate meetups or they listen to a lot of podcasts, those principles are the same um, across the board. So it's all about, you know, and, and ultimately you have to, you know, you have to make sure that you're keeping up and, and check in with, making sure that you're connecting with your customer. But I think those core principles are the same, no matter what industry that you're in. Gotcha. So um, was there any interest in real estate, which is why you made the jump? Because obviously you had a marketing background, right? Mm. And then you make this jump into, you know, let's just talk about from that flip because that's where you are now. And and we could talk the most about that, I'm sure. So was there like an interest in real estate or was it just more like a marketing job that you saw where like, oh, hey, this could be a new challenge? So there was, it was the former. We, okay. so my husband, my husband and I were actually interested in obviously kind of diversifying our streams of income and, and adding, uh, you know, to what we've, we've already established. Um, my husband runs a couple businesses locally and I was obviously working in the marketing job and we were looking for some additional source of income, cash flow in particular. So we'd done a little bit of, uh, you know, as a partnership together, um, we'd done a little bit of investigating, you know, how can we, you know, how can we invest it in something, something different than just looking at the equities market? You know, we didn't know very much about real estate. So right. um, there was that kind of nascent idea of like, yes, we want to own property someday and get some cash flow. Um, I'm happy to say that we, we do have two properties now that, um, that, that are investment properties, which has been so exciting. So I'm a newbie investor myself, but when I came to fund that flip, it was, it was, before I'd actually become a uh, an an, inv- an active investor, right, which has been great and has taught me so much. Working at Fund That Flip, it it's really influenced my strategy for you know how how we think we're going to invest as a you know as a couple personally yeah. in our lives. Right. What was it like uh, becoming a new real estate investor? Like, what was that process like? Because I because like I, we, yeah. we mentioned to you before, like a, a lot of the people that do listen to this show are either buying their first properties or interested mm-hmm. in buying properties. So taking it from somebody that's just like, because I feel like sometimes if you are a more seasoned real estate investor, you kind of have like a different perspective. But if you're somebody that just like just went through that first process, it's yeah. still very like, I don't want to say raw, but like it, it's still yeah. very, it's with you still. So like yeah. take us through that whole experience. It was painful. It was really painful, <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. I'm glad we did it. Ultimately, I'm glad we did it. And it taught me a lot about how I can be better in my, in, at fun that flip in our business. I'll, I'll get to that. But um, we had been looking for a while in, and as you mentioned, I'm based in Ohio. I'm based in the Cleveland area. Um, we'd been looking at both the Cleveland and the Columbus markets and Columbus, Ohio, if anybody knows is from there or knows OSU or has spent some time there, it's, it's an insane market. It's just properties, you know, they're, they're, most of them are off market. They're just getting snapped up. You know, there's a big investment community there. Um, and I, I knew that too, because we were doing as fun that flip, we were doing a lot of loans to professional investors, people that were doing fix and flip or fix and rent or the burr strategy. So it was kind of intimidating. Cause yeah. I, you know, I worked for fun that flip and I was like, well, you know, I'm a newbie investor. So, um, you know, it doesn't make sense for me to use, the, the, the financing that fund that flip would provide because I'm just not going to move as quickly as our, most of our customers. Um, so it was intimidating because I felt like I didn't, uh, uh, as an, inv- on the investor side, I didn't know where to look. And I felt like I didn't have kind of the, uh, the keys to get the hot properties. So, um, it, it took some, it, it took getting over that barrier and having the confidence to say, okay, 
I've looked at enough deals and I've looked at enough, uh, I've looked at enough houses. I know they know the market well enough that I'm confident this is a good, this is a good investment. So it yeah. took some time and kind of teaching myself how to underwrite and uh, underwrite enough properties um, to ultimately be able to spot good properties when they came up. So that was really helpful. Right. So was there like, do you manage your own properties? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then how, yeah. so you say new, how long ago did, was this, did this process take place? This was in, uh, I think, so we started the process in October of 2019, and then we closed in early 2020. And the closing process was painful because, as I mentioned, we, we didn't use any kind of bridge financing or anything. We, we actually went traditional with a bank, gotcha. which, was, which was kind of funny, too, because it, uh, it helped inform how I want to market what we're doing at Fund That Flip. So one of the, one of the out of that came a tagline that we're now using, which is better than a bank because working with a bank can be, it can be really painful sometimes. They're yeah. slow, um, you know, there's, it's onerous. There's a lot of paperwork that you have to get through. Um, oftentimes the rates are lower, so that's good. That's good yeah. for a lot of people, especially newer investors, but you know, it can be a daunting process, especially when you're a small, you know, unit together, so. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, we want to be better than a bank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's key. So let's, yeah. um, so just for the people that don't know, talk about what fun that flip is because we keep dancing around it. So let's just sure. like lay a little groundwork of what it is. That way we could talk more about it and kind of like your, you know, uh, process throughout the whole sure. work at work in there. Yeah. So fun that flip, we are an online lender. So we are actually a marketplace for the two sides of real estate investing. So it's kind of interesting. There's a lot of people call themselves real estate investors. And I think a lot of people listening to the show are real estate investors. And there's two types that I like to differentiate. There's the active side where people are buying properties or, you know, they're actively doing renovations for a fix and flip, let's say, or they're doing a new construction or they're doing the burr strategy, um, you know, doing the doing rent rentals. Um, that's what we call an active investor. So we provide the funding, the bridge financing for those active investors who are acquiring those properties and either selling them or holding them, you know, doing whatever strategy that makes sense for their business to make a profit, we provide that bridge financing short term so that they can acquire it and do the renovation. Now, on the other side of the marketplace, and you, our online platform allows these kind of two groups to connect, we call it peer to peer lending, is the passive investor. That's the high net worth individual, or let's say the, the institution, for, for example, a hedge fund or um, another type of capital management company, uh, capital management firm, let's say private equity firm, maybe um, the those investors are interested in making kind of the higher, more attractive uh, risk adjusted returns that we offer as they invest in the platform and invest in those loans. So we're, we're essentially establishing a marketplace between people that are providing capital and then the, the people that are actively going and using that capital to do their deals. I gotcha. Okay. All right. So um, take us through how you go about now. Maybe, let, maybe we'll, do, we'll, do, we'll take it from two fronts. So maybe when you first get to fund that flip, it's obviously, mm -hmm. it seems as though reading your bio and knowing a little mm -hmm. bit about it, that it was a lot smaller than what it is now. Mm, yeah. um, so maybe yeah. kind of like, I, I, I have a lot of questions and they're all like coming to my brain all at once, but I'm going to try to awesome. sort through them. Um, yeah. So maybe we'll just start with you get there. Talk about, talk to us about how, like, because you were, had an interest in real estate, but hadn't invested in any real estate at that point. Um, maybe 
how you got yourself, like the types of ways that you would market to those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great point. Um, the first thing that I did was when I came to fund that flip was I talked to our, our CEO, whose name's Matt and John, who's our, who's been with the company basically since the beginning too. And he does, he runs sales and he's phenomenal. So I sat them down. And I was like, I need to talk to some borrowers. I need to know who our customers are. Right. So what we did was we went out actually to the project sites and we talked to, you know, the people that we, that, that were our best clients, right? They were doing deals at a certain velocity. They were doing a certain turning over properties, a certain number a year. Um, and in the markets that we knew uh, had been successful and profitable for us and for them. So I spent a lot of the time in my first few months really just es- establishing and understanding who is that core customer. Um, and there's a marketing tool, it's kind of a tactic that we use, it's called personas. So out of all those interview sessions and meeting with those borrowers and listening and calling them on the phone because they're busy people too, didn't always go in person. Um, I, I developed a set of personas of people that we typically work with or people that, that we knew we wanted to work with. So maybe we weren't working with them yet, but we knew it would be profitable for us. So I came up with kind of a list of five different personas. Um, one is our part-time Pete. He's maybe doing it you know, part of the time on the weekends, like I said. Um, another one is somebody that's doing it full-time, full-time Frank, let's call him. Um, <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And I got pictures of these, like I got some stock images of the guys. So like you make them real humans and, yeah. and then you can start to, um, you know, uh, you can start to formulate messaging and content around their pain points, around their challenges, um, around their needs. So for full-time Frank, right, he's trying to scale his business. He needs reliability. He needs a funding company um, that's going to, he needs the lender to actually show up at the closing table, right? He needs, you know, Mike, as you know, he needs a, uh, a lender that's going to work easily with his title company that his title company trusts. Right. Um, so as a result of that, it, it was really helpful to, to spend a lot of time understanding who that core customer base was. And then I got to be able to actually start to market to them. And, and it's always changing, right? So, you know, three years ago, full-time Frank was our best customer, but uh, you know, in 2020, it might be somebody else. It might be somebody that's operating on an even higher level of velocity. So the, the, the key with marketing is that you got to keep improving and keep checking in with, okay, who are my best customers? Who's bringing me the most profit? And how can I best connect with them? And it's all right. about listening to, to what they tell you. Gotcha. Okay. And then take us through, I mean, I, I know you danced around it a little bit before, but take us through like how your approach to marketing from that flip has changed since you yourself mm-hmm. have become a real estate investor. Sure. Yes. So, so which I guess you would be full-time Frank. Would you be full-time Frank? I would probably call myself a part-time Pete. Part-time, part-time Pete. Okay. Part-time Patricia. Part-time <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's a really good point. I think so a short-term strategy that we often do as marketers, and, and then you'll see this with a lot of lenders is the lead with the interest rate, right? The lead with price. Um, and that's important for that's important for some people, but ultimately, what we learned is that, you know, if you compete on price with your competitors, it's a losing strategy. It's short term, and it might work in the short term, but it's it's a losing it can be a losing strategy unless you have you know endless cash in the war in the war chest. So what I learned was that, um, and and as an individual investor, as an active investor myself was that I was probably willing to pay a little bit more money if I had had a much better closing process. Right. The closing process for me 
because we were we had so much else going on. I was pregnant at the time, and we were thinking about you know we we added a basement in our in our primary residence. There was so much going on. I didn't have time to worry about the closing process and, yeah. and any of that. Um, so for for us at Fund That Flip, it really influenced our shifting our focus from you know leading with rate. Um, uh, instead, we started talking about and showing proof points around our reliability as a lender, um, our our relationship with our customers. So the fact that we go out and, and look at the properties that our borrowers are working on, that's it's crucial. Like we want to become a part of their business. So that became really paramount after I went through the process of, right. of investing in, in a property. Um, I learned that, you know, I think people are willing to, to pay a little bit more if you make the process easy and seamless for them and reliable. Right. So I'm also interested because like, you know, like I said, before we got on here, I was trying to do research on you, but there really wasn't a ton out there because like the last <laughs> two guys that I've had on and so a lot of the guests that I have on the show, I know personally, whether it's their clients or networking partners or whatever. And the last couple of guys in the, on um, the two prior PodMax guests had like the one guy had a website, they had like three different yeah. websites and a whole bunch yeah. of content and stuff out there. So basically yeah. I'm just pulling all this stuff and just getting to know you <laughs> through this episode. So this is great. Um, but I'm curious to know like what the process was like of, of when you get there and it says in your bio that there was 20 people, uh, less than 20 people on board, mm -hmm. you come in, you know, I'm assuming if there's that little people, you might be the only person doing marketing for mm -hmm. fun that yep. flip. That's um, right. yeah. So then like, take us through like the process of getting to, from where you were to where you are now. Is it, was it, is it because they're the company itself, uh, is this might be a loaded question. Uh, is it because the company itself just has a good plan and like the way that they're structured is the right way? Or do you think this, you know, could set you up for a layup right here? Sure. Was it the, was it the marketing that really kind of accelerated this whole, you know, uptick in business? Oh yeah. Totally. The marketing. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sure it had, it. it had to be part of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, yeah. I, it's funny too, because there's a, there's a Peter Drucker quote. Um, he's like, they call him the godfather of, of management and business theory. Um, and he says that there's two functions of a business. It's innovation and marketing. Everything else is just basically, you know, burning cash. Yep. So um, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's definitely both. Our, our founder and CEO, Matt, is he actually founded the company because he felt in, in the marketplace there was a need for somebody, a, a lender that could provide fast financing for people like him that were, he was doing investment properties as well. And he was getting, you know, 15, 16% interest rates. And he's like, there's gotta be a better way. So yeah. he's been in it since the beginning and, and he really understands, um, you know, the needs and the challenges of, of our borrowers. And so that, that core focus of, of understanding and listening to our, our borrowers has been one of the main reasons that, that we've grown that much. I would say the other thing, just in terms of thinking about marketing, is that we've gotten a lot smarter with how we're spending our marketing budget because it's not infinite, right? You, yeah. you as, a, as an entrepreneur, you've got a limited budget that you have to work with. So I had to get really smart coming on as, as the only marketer uh, working resourcefully with limited resources. So right. I, when I came in, it was um, it, part of one of the reasons and one of the reasons that I think that we were able to grow so so quickly was I was really passionate about using tools that we could automate marketing processes. So, you know, just coming in and using a, a free trial of HubSpot or using Upwork, which is a really good platform for kind of outsourcing graphic design because I didn't have 
the budget to hire a graphic designer. Right. Um, you know, paying somebody that's in Bulgaria, let's say 30 bucks an hour to, to um, work on my design projects was totally worth it to me because I knew I was going to get a really good pro product and um, it freed up my time to go focus on other things. So really getting smart about how we were spending our marketing budget and seeing what we could automate. So when, uh, after I did the persona work, I think a big thing that helped as well was working with my sales team to automate the outreach that they were doing. So outbound sales calls and emails that they were sending out totally scrapped the, ma the manual work that they were doing and made it all automated. So it all looked consistent. We all had pretty similar messaging and we personalized it, you know, yeah. enough that our leads were feeling that they had that connection there, but right. as much as we could automate so that we could save time because, you know, again, like time is money and you don't want to be burning cash. So as much yeah. as we could automate, I think ended up, ended up really helping and help really helping us get to scale, automating those processes over right. the last couple of years. Right. So from a marketing standpoint, was there anything in particular? I mean, I know you said you had the personas and you, mm -hmm. um, you know, you're, you're automating stuff and, and, and having a clear message, but was there anything, and this is over a, what, a three year a three year span? Yeah. Which in startup years is like, you know, in a thousand years, right? Yeah. Right. So a, th a three year span, was there anything in particular <laughs> that was like, oh, wow, like this really moved the needle really it was ROI. something that like, you know, yeah. uh, was a big difference maker in that process of getting from where you were to where you are now? Mm, that's a, yeah, that's a really good, that's a really good question. Um, and we do try to track it that closely, right? So yeah. we, we know that like our Google ads are going to bring in, it's going to cost us, let's say $150 to bring in a lead from Google ads. Um, I, I would say a big differentiator was, uh, uh, I, is really starting to understand the influencers in the real estate world. Um, I don't have an ROI on this yet, but I know it, this is where we're going next because we've spent a lot of money on, on things like Google ads. Yeah. Um, but what we've seen is that referrals are what our lowest cost per acquisition actually are. So the more that we do to incentivize customers to, to, to bring us their network, um, that has made all the difference. And it's, it's the reason that our marketing spend to our revenue is, is a really good proportion. So, um, you know, we, we've tried a lot of different things and some channels are a lot more expensive, like Google ads. That's not going to make sense for a lot of people because it's a really, really expensive, um, it's a really expensive channel. So I would say all small business owners should be very skeptical about spending money on Google ads, even to a certain extent, some of the paid social that you can do. I think paid social media can be a game changer for the limited, you know, if you have a limited budget and you're really targeted and how you use paid social media, like LinkedIn posts um, that are paid or LinkedIn campaigns or Facebook or Instagram even, um, is a big one. Uh, I think that can be effective. Uh, but what I would say is that the channels that that bring you, um, you know, the highest quality customers for us, it's definitely been referrals. And that's really driven our cost of marketing down in terms of our customer acquisition. Right. Okay. All right. So um, that's interesting that you say that because, you know, like I, this is marketing for me. Like I do this show 
Uh, I started the show in, in 2020, which has been just a bear of a year. Um, and then my job is uh, from a sales standpoint is to go out and meet with clients and go to lunches, <clears throat> go to dinners, go to drinks, go to events, you know, just shake hands, kiss babies, that kind of thing. <laughs> and obviously, you know, here in New Jersey, since March, it's been, you know, an uphill okay. battle. You, you couldn't mm-hmm. do any of that stuff. Um, so I did this for better or worse to put my face or, and, you know, voice out there for people to listen and, um, yeah just trying to figure out like where I get the most quality engagement. Cause like, mm-hmm. and I, I've said this on the last two episodes. So the people that listen probably like, you know, he's saying it again. Uh, the people that say that I have a marketing plan, I'm always very mm-hmm. flattered. Like they're like, Oh my God, I'm like your marketing plan is so amazing. And I'm like, I literally <laughs> have no plan. Like it is literally like, I'm just taking stuff, throwing it against the wall and seeing what sticks. Cause yeah. I don't really have a marketing background per se, but it's just been a, um, a trial by fire type thing mm-hmm. and just, you know, seeing what works and seeing yeah. where I get the most engagement. Yeah. And for me, that's been LinkedIn just because like a lot yeah. of the people that do engage with the show and, you know, whether it was, uh, the LinkedIn video series that we started the morning spotlight with or what it is now, um, those people are on LinkedIn, you know? So like, we're not, uh, like a brand, like a, like Nike, where you could probably mm-hmm. get more traction on an Instagram or a Facebook or whatever. Um, but I just thought that was, I was just curious to, you know, to see if there was anything that like really, really got you going. Yes. It, it, it's such a good, it's such a good point, Mike. They're not, it's, you're not going to, you can't do everything all at, all at yeah. once. And, and you don't want to, because it's, you're going to run yourself ragged and you don't have all the time in the world and you don't have the Nike budget, but you don't have to too, because you got to, it is all about trial and error and figuring yeah. out, you know, where, where am I getting the most engagement? And the great thing about marketing is that there's so many built-in analytics to things like podcasting. You can see, you know, your, the number of downloads, you can see the number of likes on Facebook, you can see the number of impressions on LinkedIn. Um, so that's why I'm definitely, I'm, I'm very much in the camp of using data first when I make my marketing decisions and being very, um, you know, absolutely experimenting on, on different channels, but being okay that some of them are going to fail. So like yeah. for us, Instagram uh, works on the borrower side, but not on the passive investor side. Right. On LinkedIn, it's more of a passive investor side thing yep. because we can look at titles and, you know, yep. even to a certain extent, net worth, et cetera. So yeah, right. it's all about, it is all about that trial and error. Yeah. So um, what has been some of the content that you've, that you guys have been putting out? Um, let, let's just talk about the stuff that you're putting out now. So like if somebody is interested in learning more about fun, the flip uh, mm-hmm. from that flip, like what could they go and, and look at like what's out mm-hmm. there? That's, yeah. So uh, we actually have a pretty robust blog. It's, it's learn.fundthatflip.com. And there's, there's everything there from educational newbie content. Like if you're just looking at your first deal and you want to know some tips on how to underwrite and make, make sure it's going to be profitable, we have that kind of content and you can easily um, kind of filter through. And then we, we, we have content there that, that audio, um, we actually, our CEO, Matt, um, has a podcast of his own. So we're in the audio game as well. Um, we find that that really resonates with our, you know, with our customer because a lot of them are on the go. Like, you yeah. know, this, you know, right. you're in your car, um, your listeners know this, you're in your yeah. car and you're doing chores or you're wrapping up for the evening. Um, it's just so much easier to listen to a podcast than to like sit down and read a white paper. Nobody's going to read a white paper, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who reads these days, honestly? <laughs> what is it that, yeah. What exactly? We don't, I don't even know if I can read anymore. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, know. Right. I can't yeah. write anymore. I tried <laughs> writing the other day. No. Yeah, my yeah. hand hurts and I just get <laughs> bored. I get sleepy. Yeah. Cramps. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's so true. Cursive. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. What no, is that's, that? That's yeah. so true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah. So I, 
I would rec definitely recommend checking out the blog, learn that fun, that flip. Um, and our, we're, all, we're all over social media as well. Instagram is probably where we have the most engagement. So um, check us out on Instagram. Just search fund that flip. Yeah, I'll make sure I'm going to remind everybody at the end of the episode, but I'll make sure I put all the links in the show notes as Love long it. as you send them over to me. But yeah, um, sure. so uh, I'm interested to know, like we're, we're kind of we just got the notification that we have 10 more minutes left in this episode. So before we get into our closing segment, I just have a couple more questions. First one mm -hmm. is going to be more about you. Um, so newbie real estate investor. Obviously, you mentioned that the process, the closing process for the new, the first time you're buying an investment property was kind of a pain. Um, a disaster. <laughs> do you see yourself investing more? If so, I, I do, if, yeah. if so, like what is your, is there a goal in mind? Like, is it, you know, to, to, I mean, we don't even have to say it, but like, is it to be, just have passive income? Mm -hmm. Is it to be financially independent? Like what is, what is the goal there? Yeah. Goal for us definitely is, is that financial independence um, and not having to, uh, you know, do, do the nine to five forever. I, I'm really lucky though, because that's fun that's life. Like I, it's, like I said, it's, it's pretty entrepreneurial in my position. So I, I got the best of both worlds there, but like having my options open would be good. Um, I don't have a certain number of properties or doors in mind, but it's more, you know, having that, having that cash flow come in and having that financial independence. I think- gotcha. I think ultimately, you know, our goal would be, you know, as a couple, I would love to to own property internationally as well and be yeah. able to, to just operate overseas. So that, right. that's kind of my ultimate goal. That would be cool. Yeah. Be on a beach be nice. in Portugal. Right. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't like that? Yeah. Right. Um, exactly. And then is there, I mean, maybe, you know, this might be too much of a loaded question, but is there a, uh, a goal in mind of where you're hoping uh, from a marketing standpoint to get fund that flip? Like, is there a, you know, like a, mm -hmm. the path, like you think that it's going to go that you're hoping for Are there like numbers you're trying to hit each yeah. year, month, whatever quarter there, there are. And as everybody knows, like 2020 threw everything into like the blender and just, you know, yeah. Yeah. punched us in the throat, but <laughs> thankfully we're thriving out on, the, on the other yeah. end. Yeah. Um, throw punch. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> We've got some ambitious goals. So we we've we've gone we've we've moved past the half a billion dollar threshold. Um, but I think in the next five years, our five year plan is pretty ambitious. I won't attach a, a, a number to it, but billion with a B at some point, we'll get there. Um, okay. And that's I, I think that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, more so on the on the origination side. I think we we've got a we we're we're very interested in the particular markets that we're in. So I don't think we have any you know necessarily we're going to stay in the markets that we're in currently. Like we don't currently lend in California, and that's that's good for us. That works for us. We don't necessarily want to take that risk because it right. doesn't make sense for our business right now. So yeah, it's origination gotcha. volume, and we've got some ambitious plans for it. Right. So um, one of the other things uh, before we got on here, we were talking about like your experience being on podcasts, because that was one of the things that I was interested to see, like the kind of content that you guys are putting out, because obviously it's social posts and all that kind of stuff. But obviously, mm. you know, you're putting yourself out there to help market fund that flip and yourself to a certain degree. Um, this, mm. I guess the morning spotlight is the fifth show that you've been a guest on, right? That's what you said? Yeah. 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 So this is right. still relatively new to you. Yep. So like, what has that experience been like? 
Oh yeah, it's well. This one was really good. Well, thank you. <laughs> no, they, they've all been really good. They've all been, <laughs> we won't tell any of the other really shows good. that this I, one was the best. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's I, I get to learn something new every time, which is for me. I'm an I'm an eternal student. So uh, I told you about my background. So right. yeah, I'm, I'm always going to be a student. But um, it it's been it's good because it challenges me in ways. Mike, you mentioned that I, I'm a little bit. Um, I'm a little bit uh, of, uh, of a shadow on the internet. So this is a little bit outside of my comfort zone, actually. Yeah. Um, you can't tell. Uh, so it's good. I think it's been it's, great. It's growing me and Honestly. stretching me in new ways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so yeah, I, it's, it's like anything. You got to get the reps in. Um, you know this. You do yeah. sports. You do your coach. You know this. Right. Um, yeah. I, I do a lot of yoga. So for me, it's all about the practice, right? Yeah. It's you, There's not – there's not – end goal that you have to necessarily get to in this it's get the reps in do the practice and be comfortable with the journey and the discomfort because that's how you grow right that's well I said. hope yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well that's the thing I mean it's just like with anything the more you do it the better you get mm-hmm. at it and then just the more comfortable you are like I was talking about this on an earlier episode like the um so when COVID started uh we so I start I have my own networking groups that I run here in New Jersey um, there's a young professionals networking group that I run. And then I also run some real estate focused events. Um, and obviously once COVID started, we couldn't do those in-person events anymore. So I started doing virtual events. Mm, right. And like, right, I mean, exactly. just like I can go to lunch with somebody or go to an event and walk up to somebody and start talking to them. Like I can walk up to somebody on the street and not have any problem talking to them. But mm-hmm. this, for whatever reason, when I first started was so uncomfortable. Like, yeah. because you, I could see myself and I never realized yeah. like how much my hands move when I actually talk. And I never, yeah. It's like, I, I like look weird. Like yeah, I, my voice, <laughs> like the whole thing. Um, yeah. And it was like that yeah. big, that big jump, you know, that you had to make mm-hmm. to try to like get yourself comfortable. And then I was yeah. like, oh, now I'm going to do videos. And now I'm going to do this podcast. And it was just like a whole big, you know, now we're, now we're here. Now I'm like yeah. a pod max event host, you know. So. Guru. Yeah, exactly. Yeah guru yeah in quotes yeah it's awesome <laughs> yeah um so uh i think we're gonna move this because we're getting short on time we have about four minutes left here um <clears throat> we're gonna move this into our closing segment which is called under the spotlight okay uh so we do this for every episode doesn't matter if it's real estate focus it could have been anybody everybody does this so you're gonna have to do it too so they just listened to us talk about um fun that flip you everything for the last 40 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever it's been. Mm. Um, what is one thing that you want the listeners of the morning spotlight to walk away from this episode with? Mm, that's good. So let me think about that a little bit. So I think this is something that I've tried to live by both as a, as a marketer, but also as a person. Um, we know about the golden rule, right? It's do unto others what you would have them do it to you. So I think the golden rule plus is do unto others what they need done. And I I think as a marketer and as a human, you know, connecting with people is all about listening. We talked about that. It's listening, it's understanding them. And um, sometimes they don't tell you exactly what they need. Sometimes, uh, sometimes your clients and your customers tell you they want one thing and they might need another. So I think it's all about listening and trusting. And again, do the golden rule plus for others. I like that. Yeah. Because that's what, yeah, that's what it's all about. I mean, like, I think that's where, I mean, from a sales standpoint, and I guess to a certain degree, mm. a marketing standpoint, um, it's very, you know, they're very closely connected, obviously, but like yeah, people want to do business with people that they actually like, like, 
You know, yeah, like exactly. if you're a jerk, exactly. nobody's going to want to do business with you. I don't care how good it, I mean, you're going to get business, you're really good at your job, but you could be exactly. like less good at your job, but have a lot of friends and you're going to get more business. I mean, that's my personal opinion, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, that's just, that's just me, but that's um, it, Mike. I agree. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So this was great. So, uh, for everybody listening, I am going to make sure we're going to find some links for Kendall. We're going to put them in the show notes, uh, fund that flip her LinkedIn page, the whole thing, email addresses. Uh, so make sure if you do have questions, if you want to reach out to her, ask her whatever, um, that you do that, uh, Kendall, thanks for coming on with us today. This was, this was great. You, you would not know that it was only your fifth show ever. Phew. All right. Imposter <laughs> syndrome is vanquished. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. This has been a blast. Yeah, yeah, it's all about the fake it till you make it kind of thing. That's exactly. that's basically my motto. So uh <laughs> love it. Yeah. All right. Again, thank you. And everybody else, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Just a reminder that any views expressed in the morning spotlight are the views of the speaker and should not be construed to be the views of any other person, any employer, or any organization. Thank you. We'll see you next week.